Jay Away, and we are your co-hosts of Like Dragon, Like Son, the very podcast that you have started listening to. Yeah, father-son D&D podcast. We talk all things D&D, Dungeons & Dragons for those for the uninitiated. If you've made it this many episodes in, or if you've just randomly clicked on this one, um, thank you and welcome. Uh, and you probably knew by now that we talk D&D, and hopefully that's why you're still here. Exactly. That's and why we're still here. If you are familiar with us, then you will know... Recently, um, in a previous episode, we've discussed running a big 20th level encounter Yep. Uh, with a mythic monster. Through a Halloween party. Through a Halloween party. Uh, set up a board with uh, 3D terrain. Exactly. Webs. Had webs, webs. Had a lot of webs. Had, that, um, we had the mythic creature Arasta as the mm. super boss, but uh, we had three 20th level yeah. PCs going into this. Each of those PCs was allowed to choose one very rare item, one rare item, two uncommon, and as many common items as they wanted to carry. They also had uh, big buckets of gold so they could pretty much buy anything they want, including like, you know, mithril full plate, stuff (laughs) like that. Right. And, uh... As the players started to make their characters and put them up on D&D Beyond and I started to look at them, I started to very, very quickly recognize that my CR21 monster by herself was going to be crushed in about two turns by the party. Mm. And so I had to start to build minions more spider kinny things. Uh, I adapted driders. I adapted, I found like all sorts of stuff where I could like make vampire driders and I made assassin ones that came down from the ceiling and they all kind of match up with Rasta. They're all sort of half person, half spidery type things. Gave them all kind of different names, uh, threw some like extra giant spiders in there. So ones that aren't just large, but were huge, uh, called them ogre spiders. Again, I, all these things I just sort of found pictures of on the interwebs and some made up some stat blocks, homebrewed them up and some paper clips to, yeah. And then I just printed out and yeah, made like little, very simple sort of 2d, uh, representations on them of them for the board. Cause obviously getting minis at the last minute was not going to happen. And, um, it went great. Yeah. That was a fun, fun night. It was difficult though. So trying to guess how much I could throw at the party. Yeah, and how balanced the encounter would be. Right, yeah. and we, we talked about this a little bit in the previous episode, and I just wanted to readdress this today. It's actually far, far easier as a DM, and perhaps this is why we recommend DMs start at level one with players. Um, I think level one through five is much easier to get the balance right, to find challenging environment for the players. Um, When you get to that higher level, especially with those magic items, and I think it's the magic items that really throw the math 
off. Um, what you guys had and could do with the magic items was pretty crazy powerful. So there, just set it up a little bit. There was a a battle master, mm-hmm. a but uh, not your typical like hack and slash. No, no, it, he wasn't a battle master. He was a champion. A champion, my fact, right? A champion, twenty level grades. champion with but, the oath bow, with but, all yeah, the archer, archer with an oath bow yeah, and all of the, that. The deal, trying to get the crit where he would. Well, explain it. Explain it a little bit for people. Right, so the idea is the champion gives you better crit chance, you know, right? As well yeah, as the fighter. 18, action 18 19, surge. 20. Exactly, and so fifteen percent chance yep. that you hit something. He plays an elf or half elf. I think it was elf for real yep. elf. Um, um, so we could take the elven accuracy feat, which means if you have advantage on an attack roll using dexterity, intelligence, wisdom, or charisma, then you can roll an additional d twenty or like yeah. re-roll in the d twenty. So but it's basically it's essentially three d twenty. Essentially, it's it's essentially the idea of triple advantage, right? Yeah. Which means you have a pretty good chance to get a critical and double all your damage. And if you get a critical, you ignore armor. So he sort of thinking going into this, well, this monster might have ridiculously high. high. It might have like a 26 AC or something. This way... And sharpshooter, by the way. Good to mention. And and this way he had a a 3 in 20 chance, 15% chance. With four attacks, with triple advantage. On each dice to, to, to get hit it no matter what. He took the oath bow for his very rare. Yeah, which is which devastating. Is like free advantage on all attacks and, and an, an extra, extra d6. No, three d6. Ooh, wow! But only on the one creature you specify. So okay. he, on all the minions I threw at him, I would have to. My monk would stun them, but we'll get to my monk. Right. Minute, but so anyway, so that that archer archer's powers were super Ultimate, like super, super crit, good, dumping damage into someone, yeah, and he super, was a real good. damage dumper. Yeah, he did a great um, job excellent job at especially at the end once the oath bow kicked in but there was a uh, some of the closer combatants really gave him a bit of a shock like the assassins that descended on him and did yeah. a lot of uh, damage and there. so that was and that was again me goal. thinking up trying to think up like minions and stuff for you guys to encounter on your brief crawl through to the the boss monsters nest um trying to come up with ways that I could, you know, I could hit you with something where you're you were weak, but again, not the hardest things. Most of those creatures were. Now I say not the hardest. It's, this is all relative. So, like the guards at the front door were CR six, the assassins were about a CR nine. Um, there was a lot of CR sort of nine ten ish stuff um, throughout. Which again, if you sort of think of a fight. If I had a bunch of level four players throwing that much CR2 at them as I threw at you guys, it would probably kill the party before they got to the boss monster. Mm. Um, and this, and then having a, you know, a CR4 boss monster at the end of all of that. Yeah, that'd be really rough on a lower level party. But you guys with all your spell slots and hit points and key points... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was doing my best to try and grind that stuff down, but you had this this monk. Uh, tell them about your monk and how you could recover key points. We were also trying to incorporate some UA and fun stuff at high levels because, you know, it's always fun to see what playtest stuff can do at the super high levels, you know, because that's some of the most unexplored territory, both high level and UA at that sort of high level. So that was sort of a fun idea we did. Um, the archer did, like, the piercer, the tracker, I think, or fey touched or things like that. The, which are all UA feats, because uh, he wanted to try some UA flavor stuff. They'd probably be um, in Tasha's when it comes out, no? Maybe. I'm not sure. Good question. And I tried the UA subclass of Way of the Astral Self, 
which is a monk subclass, sort of all focusing on like unlocking your astral self, which is like a big. If you've ever watched uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, it's sort of compared to the idea of a stand, which is like this big, beefy, muscular, spiritual thing that you can project that can like punch farther and is stronger than like the person that sort of appears, you know. And so that was a fun idea. He was like a scrawny little goblin um, who became like had an enlightened form and like a an eye with like the galaxy filled and it would open up on his forehead and like he'd have like huge astral arms uh, or like six arms like project around him that would all like reach far and you know strike at once and um it allows you essentially at the super high levels to regain key points whenever something dies near you yeah and six attacks and because i was putting in all these minions things were dying around you all the time so you were regaining hit point or key points that you could then you know continue to do stunning strikes and things like that and last for 10 minutes so the whole combat even though it was you know six hours in real time five hours but yeah five hours in real time was you know five minutes in game time and so yeah less less than three um so yeah six attacks every single turn uh, with action and bonus action uh which you start to finish start to finish because we stayed well we stayed in initiative the whole time you did re-roll initiative Mm. at three different points uh four different points because once sort of a break between when enemies would strike yeah and and it's sort of just the way i had the map sort of set up that it's sort of each point that i got a little bit harder um, you'd re-roll and that way it's sort of you know it kept things interesting so sometimes you get lucky and you'd be going first and then other times it would change up the order for where you guys were in it and just kept the night you know moving along in a it sort of give you a sense of progress as well and, yeah. um, and that worked really well I recommend anybody doing that if you're going to have combat go for nearly 30 rounds yeah every Every once in a while, trying to shake, so up, yeah, shake up, yeah, shake up and shake a little bit. Um, Can really make the people sort of stuck in the back have another chance at like, yeah, being included in the fight a little bit more. Um, and yeah, so the final of the three PCs was a tortle cleric. Yes, uh, light domain. Light domain. Although really should be called like fire domain or like kind of should be domain, like that. Light domain gets a lot of fire spells. So basically a cleric that's got scorching ray, burning hands, fireball, things that are very Flame wizardy strike. type. I mean, that's a cleric spell. Very wizardy yeah. type things, um, which given they were, you were going Sorcery, into a, like a spider web, yeah. you know, where the spider web is very special in, in there because it's not really web as much as it's her hair. And it specifies that it's really just magical fire that, that affects it. And you're like, oh, well, guess what? We brought magical fire. fire. fire, fire, fire. We brought Although the magical as fire. Much guy. As I thought you would, but yeah, enough fireballs he's, and he's stuff. He used enough to make sure that we weren't struggling too much. Yeah, which is nice. Um, yeah, he still had the ninth level spell slot left, it's and the divine intervention, and um, yeah, he didn't even use those. Um, I wasn't very tapped as well. I mean, monks are pretty good to go in terms of recharging recharging in a short rest, you know. Just spend 30 minutes meditating and you're good. Well, I suppose if you weren't recovering those key points, though, you would have been maybe less, less like, yeah, super true. If empowered. I wasn't recovering those key points, I would have been a lot more conservative with how I dished out stunning strikes, you know, yeah. and did certain things. Because my step of the wind, knowing I could recharge it for just one key point, I can trip like triple my jump distance that's nice yeah and i was making huge like 55 foot leaps with athletics checks to back them up and running up walls and doing all monk things and ignoring uh difficult terrain because i had a ring of free action which i took as my rare 
or uncommon, one of those, uh, one of my magic items, which is nice. Yeah, so your spider webs weren't bothering you at all. You were just cruising right fast at all. Although it wouldn't, I have like crazy deck saves and all things like that. I mean, monks are really built to move. Yeah. Around and not and, be stopped. And hence why know. I was trying to build a board that that had like movement restricting things like web and there was lots of glyphs of warding and there was walls and, bridges and gates that push you back and, and, and yeah, yeah walls of wind and or warding winds and things like that that you know i thought would would stop you but didn't really it, it slowed the, the poor turtle down yeah. um as much as the turtles aren't really slower he did end up he never really used his turtle shell either didn't really need to i think True. that was probably i think the it's case. kind of a bit of a useless ability honestly uh if you could cast shells in your toy I, I think i think again spells. there's certain things that happen when you're at lower levels and you need to like really protect yourself so you don't die mm. whereas when you've got as many hit points as you do at 20th level then a lot of times you just like no i'll take the hit yeah. you know should i burn my ability to not take the hit or take the hit is sort of the debate at that point yeah, yeah. Like even like, the things like, like I could deflect energy like and whatnot. This, this like sort of like idea stuff. of setback damage. Mm. Um, for a first level character, like setback damage is like four or five hit points, right? But for the twentieth level, it's like like fifty or sixty sort of hit points. Um, like it's it, yeah, and then once you factor in special abilities that might reduce things, like it's quite easy um, for 20th level characters to walk through really deadly situations and come out unscathed. Uh, so yeah, if, you know, if I sort of look at how the fight played out, which everybody enjoyed, everybody had a super good time and it did get a little close towards the end. Mm. Um, I was low. The heroes were, were ground down. But I think it's that you weren't, you didn't feel like you were completely tapped on powers though. Like, um, it's true. Yeah. Like you had, you had some. And the the fun thing with the mythic creature like Arasta is just once you think you've killed her. Yeah. Spoilers. Um, 300 hit points at that point, there's a little blurb you read after you basically say, and you watch Arasta die. And then there's like a blurb you read and she kind of reforms and it's very much like a video game where you think you've done the boss, but it's a false ending. And, and like then the, the boss like exactly accelerates the, like, the and gets health bar goes all the way, all back, the way up. back up and gets tougher. And all the other things that she does attack wise gets tougher. And I should have almost at that point also unleashed another wave of minions. Yeah. In hindsight, I should have like had a reprise, like in a musical where all of the things that you saw from the early on all come sort of marching out uh, again at you and all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think it would have been a much more interesting fight. I mean, the, the cleric still had lots of area of effects, fire spells could have been dropping fireball at crazy mm-hmm. levels. If you wanted to, um, the, the champion had no problems dealing hundreds of at once again. Turn, yeah. I mean like- the, her turn output was close to 200 on that bow, uh, damage wise. That's, that's Stupid. nuts. Um, and then, and then with the, the monk was burning through legendary yeah. resistances because stunning you just be strike, strike, six, six attempts strike. at stunning strike. Yeah. And even though her constitution saves were really good, 
if she failed one, I didn't want her to be stunned because mm-hmm. this is our big bad guy. So she'd be like, okay, I'll just choose to pass that instead and choose to pass that instead. And, um, and that was, that was tough on the, uh, tough on the legendary resistances, which then I also felt like, okay, well now that opens her up to the cleric dumping something big on her, uh, as well. So, which she never managed to get around to having to do, but, uh, cause the, the archer, the, the champion just like one, two, three, four. Yeah. 12. That's uh 12, 50 damage 12 and another 60 damage. 12, 12 D twenties. 35 35 that seems low oh sorry no 45 <laughs> yeah so there's a lot of cr- like crits in there for that where were huge numbers uh he, he crit critical damage hits would be like in the and 60s action surges and all yeah sorts. used an action surge so he could make that four attacks into eight attacks <sighs> Crazy. so the numbers if you run a 20th level fight are really big um i really advise that if you're going to play 20th level, everybody playing should really know the rules, really know how their characters work. Yeah. Know come exactly prepared with turn, come prepared exactly. with all the dice you're going to need. And a cheat sheet of what and to it, do. But it is and... fun. It is fun to roll. Yeah. Write up a cheat sheet of your stuff. It like, does feel good to like steamroll through CR6 like yeah. monsters. Yeah. Like, just, we just squished them like little bugs. It was fun. Yeah. That was quite fun. I mean, they tried a couple of things. Like they tried to, they had a uh, banishment uh, spell trying to, because it's sort of a demiplane that I had you guys appear into and try to push you out of that. But again, just your your saving bonuses, uh, saving throw bonuses at, at that level are, are quite good. Yeah. Um, much higher than the DC of, you know, CR6 creatures, spell casting abilities. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think, you know, advice to DMs who want to try this or go for it. Um, give it a story. We had a bit of a story, like a little like point to how you were getting there. The story was that you were three old-time friends, hadn't, hadn't adventured for some time. Uh, the fourth member of your party is a, a bard, uh, who you named Henry? Henry, yeah. Um, Henry uh, has a has a problem. Henry uh, tends to uh, go for the wrong girls, uh, by which I mean he often woos and seduces demigods of some sort. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the the wives of gods, and uh, and that gets him uh, locked up, imprisoned in uh, the underworld, because uh, the story goes that Arasta, the spider. Uh, creature her an exit to it yeah she, her her web uh what's called her the her hair forms part of this thing called the endless web um or all of this thing called the endless web and the endless web stretches from her lair across uh, a void and connects to the underworld and so henry had an escape plan where he's going to crawl across the endless web you guys were simply the the guys that need to pick him up and uh, get him out of there and it was one of those things where you like you guys show up at the gate and he's like, Yeah, I should be here in about five minutes. Ready? Go. And then you kicked your way through uh, I don't know how many I should have added up the experience points of it, but like a hundred thousand experience points worth of creatures. <laughs> That's um, worth a couple of epic boons. Yeah. Uh 
and in the idea was to sort of pick them up. A simple little like funny story. Um, and yeah, and I had to make it tougher than like your CR levels do not match up oh. at all. If I, again, if I could have done something, like I've been thinking afterwards, like something else should have crawled across the web one last fight. And by something, I mean like the, uh, like the, what's it? The uh, Demogorgon or something like that. You know, like, like you needed another CR 20 something creature like, hey, to crawl across and, and once then that the oath bow couldn't be used on that no. then i really need to start stunning 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 stunning. and yeah and that point that his damage output is suddenly reduced to you know 20 or something exactly. rather than so it's like one third of what it was before um so yeah probably like 70 per round rather than oh. 200 so now you've got now you've got a 10 round fight yeah uh and in that time Given where the state you guys were in health wise, it could be possible to kill one of you. Yeah. And if I kill one of you, maybe I can kill two of you. Um, that would have tipped it over. But yeah. that's that's like that's how hard it is to kill twentieth level like PCs. Yeah. It really, really is. And we had, you know, raise dead. Yeah. Revivify. The the there was yeah, the cleric could have brought any of you. I would Any love of you to back. see what a 20th level barbarian looks like because I've never really seen one besides Grog, you know, but they don't know. They never know how to do combat. <laughs> I'm kidding. But um, I would love to like just see how much damage like is that would it be more or less, you know, especially with like brutal criticals, you know, especially something like that. I'd love to see how much damage a 20th level barbarian could really put out if it wanted to. Yeah. I And I recommend everybody at home you know, if you feel you're you're pretty solid on on running combat, um, I I broke it down. I used the D and D encounter builder to break the fights into sort of sections of the map. And while it was one continuous map, I sort of used like big castle walls to sort of make a maze that zigzagged back and forth across the biggest dry erase map that we have, and then I spread like spider web like Halloween spiderweb stuff over like everything. And, uh, and I sort of like had like, there's like the entrance gate encounter. And then the first section of the, what I called the corridor of the forlorn. And then I had the approach to the second sort of the inner gate. And then beyond that was like the feeding chamber. And that's where like you encountered the hordes and things. And then, you know, past that was Arasta's nest. And, um, and some things, some creatures followed you from one to another. So I had to like very quickly add those into the next like encounter, um, and like carry their like hit points and stuff over. But, you know, by doing so, by, by breaking up like that, it was more manageable for me mm. as well. Um, the encounter trackers are really great because once you get initiatives all in it, I can just keep clicking the next button and we just keep very quickly moving through everybody's turns and uh and i think that's as a dm for something like that is you've just got to keep it moving uh as quickly as you can getting people to to go through it and it's also good we had three really experienced players who didn't you know dither on their turns uh they were very decisive what they needed to do what they wanted to do they knew what they could do um and they went for it so it was it moved fast and even the way they reacted to changing things 
they were very quick at it. Everybody was very good at deciding what to yeah. do. And, uh, I love the and I sort of think that's, that's the magic ingredients. If you're going to run a CR 20 one shot, uh, it's really about the fight. Don't worry about too much RP. Everybody wants to just it's test the abilities out. It's too late for out. RP at that point. <laughs> We're not developing characters here. Unless you've got like a rogue who wants to like have the a million roll on their like sleight of hand or whatever. But. Yeah. Um, I even made the most made the mistake of at the beginning allowing you to negotiate with the guards at the gate. Yeah. It should have just been like exit. And know, I sort of at that point I'm like thinking to myself, what am I doing? Like in normally, yeah. normally in a, in a in a campaign setting, of course I would, I'd always give players options to try and get around fights instead of going through them if they could. But then I'm like, I gotta be, I'm, I was just really lucky at that point that none of you had, mm. like, able were able to, were a face type character who had spent twenty levels specializing in persuasion because you would have just talked the guards into letting you walk right through. And I'm like, all right, well, there goes my big Halloween party one shot. It's over in five minutes. Okay, well, that was fun. Um, mm. So yeah, no, I had to at that point think, okay, no matter what he, like, I made you roll like deception or something. And I, I was, I was, and I was just going to be like, okay, DC's 25 for this. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and, he, and he was good because you're like a 12 or whatever. Like, yeah, okay. Christmas not. All right. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to attack you. <laughs> roll for initiative I'm like oh phew. i got i got past that almost like a mistake of letting you rp your way through the fight um so yeah that <laughs> you may have to resist some of your dm like urge instincts exactly. um and just sort of like no this is just a fight it's an elaborate fight but it's just a fight um and yeah i just i think it's i think it's the dm's job still in this to cook in as much sort of surprises and interesting sort of twists and uh, little fun things. And I, I do say like you can, you can throw a lot at CR 20 characters. So have some fun with it. Mm. Uh, do something fun and thematic. Uh, but at the same time, play, play with the rules, like play within the rules, I should say. So I was using glyph of wardings on you guys, but I wasn't cranking them up. They were just everywhere. Um, but you know, and I set them to do cold damage because we don't want to hurt the webs. Um, we never really busted out any super fancy spell casting either. No, we were like truly the most martial you could be, besides you know a clear barbarian or rogue getting your sneak attack. We focused on like, sure. all right, I'm the monk dumping in all the stunning strike, and you really like at that point learn like a, a character's role at such a high level. Like it truly becomes clear what they 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 are so good at doing. You know, like the monk as a monk, I was so good at getting close to the enemy and stunning them for my archer friend to get the heavy like ranged damage in. Ubo was great at the cleric yeah uh, cleric yeah our turtle was great at clearing a path uh at you know giving us like resisting spell damage and um well yeah and even martial stuff getting getting because getting, exactly. there's there's creatures coming from all angles so for him getting spiritual weapons up oh exactly yeah, that yeah. spiritual weapon was fantastic and then he was even using his own he was the clear spellcaster but he didn't even use that many spells to be he's honest. using his own mace it's true smiting things he had a continual flame on his but mace. that's just a cantrip he cost on it it wasn't yeah. a magic item of any sort yeah it was funny though it's like cause he had this like yeah he called it like the ever flame or whatever yeah um and uh yeah, I think you're right. The 
What what you what you you learn when you do this is something that we I think we are aware of at lower levels, but it's not so clear because the characters are they're not so so different at level one. There's not that much that separates them. They don't all have that many. Like many things don't even pick up special skills until level three. So and maybe by level three you start to see the specialization starting to happen a little mm. bit. Um, but you're right. Like they're each of these classes has a very clear place on the battlefield and and yeah level 20 it's like yeah this is where i'm gonna be and what i'm gonna do because i am super duper good at it mm. and yeah like <laughs> stunning strike i i i tried to find creatures in monster manual and i actually formed them together into like hordes things that you know, couldn't be stunned or couldn't be <laughs> you know affected by by that i was trying to find things that you know, would resist such, uh, you know, effects. Yeah. But again, not making everything that, but just, you know. It sort of makes me want to see what role other classes could play, you know. Like, it was very clear as a monk what my role was and as a, you know, archer, fighter, what. Yeah. The, you know, the fighter's role was and what the... And he was funny because he was like, oh, I'm such a glass cannon. I'm like, what are you talking about? He, he, once he drew up, drops below half hit points, Survivor he starts... Just he just starts hit regenerating hit points. Hit points. Hit points. Hit points. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, how to how to kill somebody like that is mm. uh, tricky. And monks with empty body at that point where they can gain resistance to all damage but force for a mm. minute is just insane. And, and the cleric has such powerful healing spells at that point that yeah. like i mean it's just like oh you need health here's 70 hit points yeah you know? i'm just gonna touch you for 200 how's that feel i'm like okay <laughs> that feels nice good. nice and he's like he's like i'm a, holding on to healing word at was it eighth level or whatever <laughs> in case i need to drop like 700 hit points on the well, party that, that's not a healing word that would be like a heal spell it's mass mass healing mass word heal. mass, mass heal. heal. Is it mass whatever? He's got like he had he had it worked out one of them that he, he could. I must say that mass heal is seven hundred divided by like two a bunch of people. Yeah, between three of you. So I think he had a, a limit. How many he sort of had a plan that if you were if you were all like just on the edge of like uh, you know maybe a couple of you went down, he was just going to drop that and then have everybody whoop, back up to max health. Here we go again. So that's why I'm saying I could easily have thrown uh, a a major demon that crawled across the web after Henry into it. Um, yeah. You know, petrified Henry or something so that we didn't have yet another CR20 creature. Because, I mean, a CR20 bard is actually pretty scary as Mass well. Heal is a ninth level spell. Okay, so he's saving it for his ninth level slot. Up to 700 hit points divided as you choose among any number of creatures you can see within range, within 60 feet. Creatures healed by the spell are also cured of all diseases and any effect making them blinded or deafened. This spell has no effect on undead or constructs. I was I thought it would be funny if he'd cast uh, spirit spirit guardians at spiritual guardians at ninth level, because I think then anything that ends up within fifteen feet of him just gets like a forty five HP burn. Like that's quite a bubble around you of of damage that yeah. you're just walking around doing to everything. Um, yeah, that's that becomes again where you know. As a DM, you're throwing creatures at him, and you're like, "Okay, well, my sp my spiritual guardians are just going to do 45 to it, and then I'm going to hit it on top of that with whatever." Yeah. Uh, so, but I think that is are spiritual guardians a concentration spell? 
I think they are. No, yeah. maybe they're not. Oh, well, that's mm-hmm. even better. Then he's like, mm-hmm. we'll just bring that up and just let it float around me. Doing... I'm thinking of spiritual weapon. Which I know spiritual weapon is, is not. Spiritual guardians. It's a low level spell. I think that would be like the first result when I searched. It's actually spirit guardians. It's spirit guardians. You're right. Spirit guardians. I had it right the first time I was saying it. Sometimes I get confused. Spirit guardians. Wow, crazy. I typed spirit guardian and it wasn't even like in the first 10 results. But spirit guardians, uh, it is concentration up to 10 minutes. All right. So, so you bring that up and you have to hold it. So you, you can't cast a lot of the other like sort of cool concentration spells out there, uh, which is possibly why he didn't do it. But he could still have then like still lots of like fireball potentials and scorching ray at seventh level, I think hits like what, eight, nine targets or something. I don't know where it starts at. That's a lot of targets. It's like three plus one for each additional something level up. Like yeah, so I think it's like, like eight, eight targets, something. It's like pow, 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 pow. At what level? Seventh level? Yeah. I'd be like extra extra six, extra five, five extra five. So it'd be yeah. eight, eight targets. Eight targets. Nice. 2d6, or converge them all in one. Whack. 14, oh, 16d6 if they yeah. all hit. So there's a lot of stuff going on with that party. And I think... I think I learned a lot. Uh, I think yeah, I learned. I think I learned as a DM that, yeah, I, I needed to, to sort of up, up my game. Like, not be too, too worried about killing you guys because it was, uh, yeah. If anything, my my monsters were underpowered. Yeah. Yeah. We we. I mean, there were moments where, again, it was close, but it was a bit of a destroy. I can't believe it ever crash, felt crash, close crash, on your crash, side. Crash. Like, from my side, my perspective of it was just like, <laughs> nothing stops these guys. <laughs> there is nothing. There's no rolls they don't pass. There's nothing. I mean. I mean, there were some where the cleric was being restrained by webs and taking force damage. Yeah, yeah. I managed to get most of you guys trapped. Well, everything except the monk. The monk sort of refused to be trapped by webs. Uh, and then I mean, the, the web, and then the webs each folks. turn while you were in them did damage to you. Yeah, so that's true. that was also fun. Uh, so like this electrical shock started from Arasta and went out through every through the webs and hit everybody. Um, and I made it do force damage just because I sort of felt like that was a, like the one type of damage that you guys would probably would have to take. Yeah, but it wasn't bad. It was like two d eight if you were in the webs, uh, but not restrained, and 48 if you were restrained by it. Mm. Not bad. So, yeah, you, you know, you guys, and but there was, I didn't leave very many places where you weren't in the web, unless, of course, you guys had cleared space with uh, using fireball and stuff, which you had done. So I don't know if you folks living at home find all this stuff interesting or not. Um, but it, I think it's good to, you know, once in a while, try to aim for the high levels. You know, I, I guess. I mean, uh, if you can take anything away from our, our lessons, our conversation today is is that it is fun, mm. super fun uh, to play high level. Everybody all week long leading up to the fight were totally geeking out about it. They gotten super like into talking about their characters and trying to guess what the monsters were going to be and uh, and you know thinking it was Halloween theme. they like ideas. Maybe it was a lich. Maybe it was some sort of undead thing. Um, so you had to go with spider theme. Was I think kind of surprised a I lot of people. Uh, 
And uh, yeah, I think give it a go. Yeah, I think you definitely ever should should try try running one of these. Just try so you have a sense of what twentieth level characters are capable of. Um, I think maybe the next challenge will be would be to do a gauntlet of all the demon lords. Well, no, not just a fight scene because, like I said, what's what, what did we start with? But you know, a bit more skill challenges, a bit more RP, mm. a bit more playing through that, and also start setting like difficulty levels of being, you know. Okay, so you know DCs or common DCs in here are going to be like twenty five and thirty, um, and just watch, especially if somebody plays a rogue <laughs> or or a bard, be like, yeah, don't worry, I got this, and just sort of with expertise at that point uh, and reliable talents, how many times they can hit numbers over thirty. Yeah, I mean even even mid tier rogues can hit numbers in the 30s easily yeah especially an assassin on that first turn drop being able to get something like 300 damage in that's like an insta kill but i was also i'm thinking for like uh ability checks that's true yeah like i mean can... minimum like also with like reliable talent you know minimum role is in a 10 plus 20 something with expertise you know like you're gonna succeed yeah um I think that concludes a bit of a short episode today. I think once, you know, the fabled Tasha releases her secrets to the world. Um, we'll be back with a breakdown. We'll of... be back. I Maybe every, I would like to like do a, like go through each class, new stuff. To a multi-part. Like, yeah. Like not make it like parts where people will be like discouraged. Like, oh, I didn't see part one. But, you know, like, okay, here's the new classes, subclasses for this. You know, mm. if you want to watch your other videos on the class, subclasses, you're completely, sure. you know, welcome to. But th today we're talking about cleric or druid or whatever. Yeah, well, you know, the new stuff. I, I'd like us to do a steal this character where we find a, a clever, quirky I build to do. I do it for do. every single Tasha subclass. Wow, steal this character a, for every single one of those. I mean, we have 200 characters already. Yeah. I know. Why not? Because here's why. Because sometimes we don't always have a really good idea for them. You've got to sometimes you got to wait for something to like kind of it's speak you to you about it. Exactly. You can't just push like, you know, just because you they're there. I think you have to sort of feel it. Mm. Um, and I've had like ideas for subclasses that just have never quite worked for a long time. And I think Tasha's if they change up a little bit about how racial attributes work yeah yeah yeah. um might allow me to go back and get put, that minotaur rope yeah my minotaur mastermind oh i want that character to work so bad um the only way it works is if i change the minotaur a little bit um i'd always go zariel tiefling you know they feel very minotaur to me they're a little bit more baphomet inspired yeah um they get like the smearing smearing searing smite hmm. um it's a smearing sight the smearing spite <laughs> Yeah, uh, but they still have, like, I, again, imagine them with horns and slightly bigger and strength bonus still and all those stuff, um, those good things that you want from a still a little beefy, you know, yeah. um, sort of infernal-inspired uh, minotaur rather than constructed through mad mage magic, whatever, you yeah. know, other origins uh, or, like, godly origins. I suppose it I suppose still, you know, is a divine origin of some sort, you know, a little bit more cult 
uh, but they are sort of always been tied to Baphomet. And I think giving that Zariel sort of similar, you know, infernal fiend slash abyssal whatever type vibe that still gives you a little bit more spell casting rather than focusing on the goring horns you could always again just give them like a d4 unarmed strike with the horns why not you know simple change but you I, may I'm even not less even interested that, in the you know? horns more interested in them being plus one strength plus two charisma yeah or powerful builds or powerful thick skins builds. or things like that exactly. which also all makes sense for minotaurs yeah. i don't know so yeah i kind of i kind of hope that D D with tasha's is moving in a sort of step towards um not doing away with race because i think the races are fun yeah they give um, life and character they, yeah and they bring flavor to exactly. it and unique attributes but opening them up more for greater customization yeah. and i think that's that's but i think it all can also to. be a little bit daunting to new players if oh yeah i mean god every time we add what this is in D D parlance what we call crunch every time there's more crunch added into it it also makes it harder for new players to chew through. I mean, new players don't have like the sharp teeth that the old dogs have. They're just gumming at it. So you need to have like soft food. Um, yeah, and but then but, they can but D&D has got planter, plenty of starter kits, plenty of like basic, simple stuff. You do not need to start out with the extra crunchy. And the thing I love about class feature variants is that it's all optional. You know, you can choose to use any bit of it you want or use none of it. It's yeah. all the DM's discretion, player discretion, you know. Like, it's it's all a discussion between players. It's not like, this is the new rules. Everyone has, I mean, kind of is, but, you know. But, hey, yeah. new optional rules for you. Again, and it comes down to experience. Like, like exactly. Inviting you guys to play CR20 characters would not have done that with just anybody. Yeah, level 20. The yeah, three people good. I had at the table were all very knowledgeable on D&D. Uh, they're all people I consider expert players. Um, and, and I even said... Uh, to a group like that i'd say to you guys yeah if, if there's any if there's any homebrew things you want to throw in or is there any modifications you want to do you want to change it up just let me know uh i'm sure it'll be fine uh we'll talk about it if i think it's not quite balanced but um but since you guys all dm yourselves you're not likely going to pitch something that's really wackadoodle anyways you'd be doing it you'd be thinking oh wouldn't it be cool flavor if um so like uh the the champion he uh, he picked up the uh, the quiver that normally has got slots for it's sort of like a, a quiver of holding but part of the one of the chambers is for like javelins and another one is for like spears or something and then only another one for arrows and he was like can we just make them all for arrows <laughs> and I'm like yeah of course why why not like that makes total sense like it makes sense that you could put arrows in any of the slots but only spears in some of them. Yeah. So, but like, yeah, if you just want to fill it all with arrows, it's like, good, great. Cause I just want to make sure I got enough ammunition to go through this, this fight. <laughs> and I thought it was great that again, at this level, he was deciding, you know, I'm still going to track ammo. Yeah. I, I don't know if he, I think he was just more like, all right, I've got like a million. I'm not counting. At he this had, point. he had a lot of arrows more than, but mind you, he was, he was burning through like eight. Well, I suppose four uh, usually four around, but potentially eight a couple of times. So he probably went through in that fight close to 100 arrows. That's nothing to scoff at. That's like a whole battle. Yeah, I mean, a lot of characters' sheets don't carry 100 arrows. Mm. Yeah. Like, whoop, out of arrows. Yeah, he went through a lot. He shot everything. <laughs> shot it a lot. That's true. Um, but that was his role, you know? Yeah, he was really good at it. Yeah. I've had a lot of fun playing the 20th level thing with you, and I think it went great. I loved the 
the big bad evil spider and her little spider minions. I like the story around. I it. liked it a lot too. I um, I think we'll have to maybe make it a tradition. Maybe uh, every every Halloween come up with something bigger and badder, or maybe not just Halloween. It's like we we'll need to find days like that where there's sort of a theme to it. Yeah. I think actually the next one, the, the next sort of one shot or two shot I might do uh, is a little one over Christmas. Uh, I'm gonna ad- adapt. Uh, a module from the DMs Guild, a Guild Adapt module uh, called Pudding Fair. Turn it into a Christmas pudding fair. Well, we'll have to report back on that as well. When but that you know, that's that's a little ways <laughs> off, a little ways off yet. But yeah, I definitely definitely want to play that. Uh, but that's a lower level, more of a fun beginner sort of module. So some different players invited to that one, I think. All right. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. Uh, stay safe. Um, we love you in Radio Land, in Magical Radio Paradise Land, where everyone is happy. Uh, holding hands and playing D and D. Yeah. Okay. Is it but Thursday is yet? The uh, is it Thursday yet? Am I right? Yeah. Who's excited that? for Critical Role? Is it should be happening now? Turn this off. Turn on Critical Role. <laughs> yeah, we we do come out about the same time they do. So if you're here and not there, gosh, we do love you. Have a great week. Have a great week, everyone. Uh, Bye. Bye. Bye.